Are you good yet? Great. Are you? Are you ready for this? I'm, I'm born ready. Were you? Really? Yeah. I don't know if you're ready for this. I might not be. Oh no, my iPad died and I can't get my fucking notes. I hate my life. <gasps> not really. Not really. No fucking way. Oh my fucking God. This is amazing. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Happy birthday. Oh my God. <laughs> and this is Eating After Midnight, a podcast where me and my best friend Sasha Chambers reheat movies from our childhoods to see if the leftovers have retained their flavor or leave a bad taste in our mouths. It's also about how these movies influenced, inspired, and shaped us. Whether the ideas they cooked up and fed us nourished our bodies and minds or just rotted our teeth and clogged our mental arteries. Sasha and I don't have any real cred as critics, but we do have a genuine love for movies, as well as a beautiful friendship that spans 26 years and counting. And today, we have the most celebrational, invitational guest, Maxwell Williams, dearest old friend. Hello. King of our crew in high school. Oh no. Most amazing, most sensational friend. Here he is, writer, director, international man of mystery, Maxwell Williams on the pod. How are you doing today, sir? What a surprise, Amy. Well done. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah, Amy, Amy pulled this surprise, surprise second birthday party for you. Like you're in Southern California. I'm living in the South now in New Orleans. And down here, maybe this goes on other places, but everybody just celebrates your entire birthday month, right? So yes. I feel like this is good. We're extending the celebration. Um, and it, I don't know, it's just amazing. It's amazing to, to be with you both and, and uh, people like talk to you. It's, it's been too long, Sasha. The last time I saw I, you was at my wedding. Yes. And Amy, I don't even know. It's been 10 or 12 years, I think, we saw each other. Right, yeah. I just remember us all being at a restaurant. Irish and- bar having the time of our lives like no time had passed. Wasn't that one of those weird things where like, I was in New York, I was already gonna be seeing Amy, but didn't I like run into you in a restaurant? Where like, cause you and I have had weird things like that for like the better part of two decades where like, we were in the same city, but didn't know. And like, I would turn my shoulder and like, you'd be at the light next to me. Or we run into each other at a timed visit at a museum where you had to buy tickets Multiple, multiple times like that. It was definitely like one time when I ran into you in a DSW in Pasadena. Yes. I like just gotten back in town after like five years away. And this time at the restaurant. And then that's right. We went to go see that exhibit uh, at the Broad yes. uh, Museum that you had to buy tickets like a month in advance because there was just a line out the door and they were like ushering everybody. I can't remember the artist. And they were half hour windows that you bought tickets for. 
Yeah. And like every single time, and this time in New York, I was sitting down at a restaurant to get some soup, looked over my corner, looked over my shoulder. And then this dude is at the next table. And I'm like, are you <laughs> fucking joking, bro? Like what's going on with this? This is, I've always called Max, my cosmic homie. And well, that was it. Well, yeah. When we saw each I'm other at the bro. It's like, what did you say? It's like much, much like the Muppets, like sort of life, you know, takes care of its own, you know? Um, but I love it. I love that I have that connection with you, with both of you, you know? Yeah. Especially now that I'm just like sitting in the fucking sweltering heat in New Orleans, waiting for like the river to rise and like, <laughs> like gunshots all around me. It's good times. <laughs> what was what was crazy about that DSW um, encounter as well is I remember because, you know, we're shopping for shoes. So I'm looking down, right? I'm right. looking down at shoes. I'm looking down at my feet. And you have... What's it called? Your thing with your pinky toes and your pinky f- and your pinky fingers. The my thing. funky toe. Your funky toe makes your my shoes like funky a funky toe. shape, right? Makes your shoes yeah. a funky shape. And so remember, I used to always say, because we were in theater school, so we spent a lot of time with our shoes off. So right. I always knew if Max was around because if his shoes were in the room, you knew he was there because they're a funky shape. So I look down <laughs> and I see these feet and I'm like, Max? And then I look up and there you are. It was a very Muppet-like kind of uh, meetup. Yeah. Just in case I like ever run into any of the listeners and now they're like, oh, here's the guy with the toe. It, it's not like that funky, okay? It's just like a, li- it's just a little bit in the wrong spot. But yeah, shoes, it kind of molds the shoe around it. Oh my God, I'm losing it. I'm losing it already. Um, next, do you want to... Uh, tell our lovely listeners a little bit more about what you do and what you've done and what you're going to be doing in the future and all that. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to just put you on yeah, the spot so like I've been, that. Uh, so we all, no, that's all good. That's all good. We all met because we were at the LA County High School for the Arts studying the drama. And uh, then we graduated and I, and I went off to drama school and thought I wanted to be an actor, but I ended up becoming a theater director. So I've been doing that for like the last 22, 23 years in New York and kind of around the country and spent some good time in Connecticut doing it there. And now I'm in New Orleans doing it. Um, And actually, I think, you know, apropos of what we're talking about today, the Muppets Take Manhattan, I realizing, especially on having watched it again, probably has a huge amount to do with like that life choice that I made. And also with, I think most or many, I should say, of my life's like great joys and disappointments. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you encounter this, I encountered this movie. I think it's the first Muppet movie that I think I saw because I'm pretty sure that my Nana t- took me to the movie theater to see it. Cause it came out when we were like five, six years old, something like that. So the other ones would have been on, you know, and cable wasn't really around so much back then. I think I'd seen, I'm sure of course I'd seen Sesame Street. Of course, like the Muppet show had shown, you know was, was playing on television for, you know at the time or right before that. And, but I didn't see the Muppet movie or, you know the great Muppet caper or anything like that until afterwards. So this, this, I remember, just left like a hugely indelible impression on me, you know, but I didn't quite realize because I'd always thought, oh, you know, the reason why, by the way, in my professional career, I'm like all about like serious plays, right? Like, I mean, I'm serious about comedy too, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm like, 
you know, I've done a lot of like Tennessee Williams, these like mid 20th century American playwrights. But the reason why I got into theater was basically, I think because my dad took me to see Cats when I was five and also The Muppets Take Manhattan. So watching it, I was like, watching it was interesting because although it did, I did feel of course a lot of the same sort of joy that I remember, you know, from watching it years and years ago, I was also like, oh my God, what the fuck? What was I thinking? Fuck you Muppets. No, just <laughs> <laughs> like you Muppet bastards. Like they just come out and they're like, they're like, oh, we graduated from college. Let's move to New York. Let's put on a Broadway play. We'll just find a producer and do it. And it's like, it's a rocky road for them to get there. But like, ultimately they're like, yep. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> and like, that was how it was supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like that. <laughs> Well, well, I mean, that's what they were like, trying to tell you. My- Just follow your dreams. It will happen. It might not happen in a tidy hour and 35 minutes, but it will happen. Can I just oh, throw out here, Max, I, I mean, I'm personally, as someone who has known you since high school until now, am so impressed with all that you have accomplished in 25 oh, years, 26 gosh. years. Wow. I think you're downplaying yourself so Absolutely. much and I'm, I'm done with it. So I'm about to just yeah. have to tell you <laughs> how extremely proud I am to um, to know you. I tell people all the time, oh yeah, I have a, a an old friend who who's like the theater director here and doing this here, and and you're always on the list of people that I brag about. So um, I think that you you can't That's say damn Muppets. Funny. It was a hard road, no. but you've done some amazing things. And- yeah, absolutely. If anything, like like I say cornerstone of our of our crew you were our kermit bro and like you you went you did the thing you went to manhattan you lived your merry melodies bro you never served a single table yeah i mean it's a broadway but for real no seriously of all of all (laughs) yes of all of all the things that like you have all of these accomplishments and one of the things that i always point out is like and the dude never served a single table he wasn't going to hire me because seriously you have no idea the first 10 years i am like man i did so much as you all as we almost do right when we're we're like trying to nurture these baby careers is like so i was like hanging up i I don't know stuff down at the uh, you know at the port for like trade shows and just trying to hustle and make whatever money but i I was desperately trying to get a job as a waiter and no one would hire me because they knew i would be completely incompetent at that show (laughs) (laughs) and probably just be fired like right off the bat you know but anyway yeah uh, yeah no i never did that (laughs) but i mean you were always like you were you were very you know focused and singularly minded and you knew that this was going to be your career and you knew that you were going to make it and make it you did like you you have had a long very productive theater career a theater career max in the age of internet youtube tiktok you have had a long theater career friend that's really great it's yeah. really impressive i was very lucky to have found really over the course of my life but also in the theater you know 
some mentors who really took an interest in me and, and really helped me out. That's super important. Um, now, after all this quarantine stuff, I don't know, you know, I'm left like a little bit sort of suspicious and embittered. I know the theater is going to come back, but I'm also just sort of like, mm, do we just leave it to the Brits? Maybe we should just let them do it. Um, you know, and so I think I'll keep like right now I am working on stuff, you know, like I'm working on this project of actually about animals of all things about pets it's like this musical about pets but um uh, i don't know i'm wonder anyway not to get dark but i'm just like you know you see like in the movie you see like at the beginning when they do their 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 show and somehow they got into this ivy league college right and they've graduated and like and the whole audience is like ah! oh my god we love yes. it the but insanity yeah. of that crowd is so much it's so <laughs> much man totally. oh and my like, god you know, you just, you just, I just, you know, you just wonder if it's like, you know, what's it, what's it going to be like in the future, but that's okay. It's our future to make. We'll do it. You know what I'm saying? Everybody. I have, I have no worries, no doubts that whatever the next chapter is going to be pretty fucking exciting for you. Oh, thanks. What a way to start the day. <laughs> <laughs> so awesome. We're doing the Muppets take Manhattan. If you haven't. <laughs> and that came out. I didn't even put what year it came out here. 84. 1984. And it's directed by Frank Oz. And written by Frank Oz. Was it written by him as well? Written by, yes. It's a it's it's and produced. It's it's pretty much it's a Frank Oz joint, which is which is my only issue with the movie. Ultimately. Yeah. It's my only it's yeah. Yeah. First, just to be clear, first, that's right, first movie that Frank Oz directed solo. He had co-directed The Dark Crystal with Jim Henson before that, although, which is a terrifying film that's like with a, with another, you know, hour of talking or whatever, but completely just terrifying. I'm vibed up to talk about The Muppets Take Manhattan, by the way. I've seen this movie about 20 times. So, like, one of the things about it, though, is that for me, is that, and I'm sorry, I'm, gonna bl I'm blathering on, I'm sorry. No, no, this is please. Because this has been all stewing for, you know, for a while. <laughs> it's like, you know how with the Muppets, one of the reasons why they're so effective is like they're so relatable. In Sesame Street, right, the humans and the Muppets interaction is, Muppets are sort of like avatars for, for us children, you know? Like they're always like learning lessons from the adults on Sesame Street and that kind of stuff. And then on the Muppet show, they're kind of co-equal. Right. And, you know, it's this variety show and they're doing these things and you'll see oftentimes like a lot of fondness uh, between the humans and the Muppets. And but it's all sort of in friendship and they might like hug and so forth. Mm -hmm. But in the Muppets Take Manhattan, there's this whole undercurrent of like possible anthropomorphic like romance and sex. Yes. Look, by the way, did you know that the pilot of the Muppet show is called the Muppets Sex and sex. Yes, the Muppets sex and violence. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the whole the whole thing for for Jim Henson with the Muppets was he was he was the whole it was supposed to be geared for adults. It was always supposed to be adult entertainment. In fact, Menomina, that background music comes from a like a Swedish porn. That's right. That's right it yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So um yeah, so but oh, but right. yeah, so that's for me because I don't know why or how probably because 
Um, you know, someone in my family had like an Academy, whatever version of an Academy screener on Betamax or some shit when I was a kid. I had seen Muppet movie a gajillion times mm. by the time the Muppets Take Manhattan had come out. And then of course I watched it a thousand times because it's Muppets and I love it. Um, but between the Muppet movie, M Muppets Take Manhattan and Caper, Muppets Take Manhattan is the last for mm. me in terms of the one that like I want to engage with the most. And that's because of that. It's that very, very potent adult undercurrent in it. Like I want, I want my heartstrings pulled out of my chest through my nostrils when I watch a Muppet, a Muppet movie. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I want that surrealist. Like for example, when, when Kermit almost gets hit by the steamroller in the Muppet movie. And then it's like, oh, oh my God, is, is he dead? And but no, he's because he's a frog. Of course, he was able to jump and land on top of the thing and he's fine. Or when he almost has a head-on collision with Gonzo. And you're like, oh my God. But again, the, the, the surreal twist is that the truck flips upside down and then the, the cars are just traveling down the road together stacked. However, in the Muppets Take Manhattan, Kerm nearly gets murked. And like, we see his body lying in the oh, fucking great. road, dude. Okay, like it's a very <laughs> different tone in the Muppet Steak Manhattan. So that- like, that as a crowd gathers. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And like- And then worse yet, he ends up in marketing, which is hell on earth. Yeah, right? it's just, it's, it's very, very, <laughs> very adult, which is okay because like the Muppets were always geared towards adults, but without- without that Jim Henson sentimentality, there's just something I can feel the difference. It's not that I don't like it. It's that I can feel the difference in the Muppet movie. I mean, excuse I me, in, um, in the Muppets Take Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. I was struck by that as well. And it was a surprise having watched it because, you know, once again, you know, as a kid, you said also that the, like, frankly, some of the jokes and one-liners are just not as inspired as right. you know, in some of the other pictures. So I hear what you're saying. I would still put the Muppets Take Manhattan before the great Muppet caper. Okay. But, I'm, but I should give that movie another chance now that I've watched the Muppets Take Manhattan again. But I think and part of the reason for that is because for me, like <clears throat> the Muppets as an ensemble of performers where, you know, in the Muppet movie, you know, everybody's playing themselves and they go on this adventure and they, you know, and, and it's about their relationships. And the Muppets Take Manhattan is like that too, albeit with a number of them going off. You know, of course, in the in the whole second act, there's like a bunch of Muppets doing trying to do their thing on the road and leaving. So it's really Kermit as a hero story, right? Mm -hmm. But in the Muppet Cape, in the Muppet Caper, they're not really playing themselves. They're like playing. They're like playing roles. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and I feel like after the Muppets take Manhattan, like in the more recent Muppet movies where they do that in A Christmas Carol or like Treasure Island, Space, you know, yeah. uh, Muppets in Space, that I've not seen this new Jason Siegel one, by the way. I'm not- No, fuck that. No, 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 no. And definitely do not go see whatever the fuck it was where it's basically like Most adult wanted. sexy Muppets. That one? Yeah, it's Muppets Most about? Wanted or some shit with, with oh, that no. chick. Uh, the one she's like in all she's always in the cop movie. She's a funny. Oh, no, no, now. no. That's a whole different one. That's like that's I, it's called. I don't remember what you're talking about. The one with Melissa McCarthy. Yes. And it's like, don't dirty. do it. It is vile. It is vile. Like, I don't need Muppets fucking. I don't need yeah. Muppets. Well, 
doing blow. I don't need Muppets doing any of that shit. It's fucking real weird, man. Don't I'm do it. Actually seen that really offensive. Yeah, exactly. It's like Muppets be just be be wholesome. But so for me, like once you get through the Muppets take Manhattan and they have proved that they can, you know, they, they do, I guess they proved it with the Muppet movie too, but like it, later they're, they're, they're like still this acting ensemble, but you know, they're playing these characters. Whereas in the Muppets Take Manhattan, they're playing themselves, you know what I mean? So like, that's, that's for me, I think why the Muppet caper, the great Muppet caper is like a little jarring to, for, to get into for me at first. Okay. But here's the oh, other yeah. thing too, about those two pictures have like Doc Hopper, right? And then uh, what's his name from the great Muppet caper? who's searching for the baseball diamond. It's like, uh, it's Nikki, the bad guy, right? It's like yeah. personified literally because they're human, but also like just as characters, antagonists, bad guys. And this movie has like a, the Muppets take Manhattan has like no antagonist in it actually. Yes. It, it is like a societal antagonist. It is like yeah. the difficulty of trying to, of trying to like hold your group of loved ones together, right? Yes. Like it's all right there in the first, the first lines they're singing, they sing together again. Yeah. When they sing that together again, you know, that's the first thing that we hear. And even though like on a meta level, it's like, all right, the Muppets are back together and we're seeing them again for the first time in a couple of years or whatever, seeing them on the big screen. It's also stating the theme of the entire movie because all that happens in the movie is that, right, they, they go on a search for a way to, like, come together. Right. That's my, like, beat, save the cat take on, on the Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> and I'm with you. I saw this movie. This was probably my first Muppet movie. And I loved this one. I don't even remember the Muppet caper movie at all i think i remember the effects in the muppet caper more than the storyline itself because they really started to get fantastical in the caper and like like i was talking to amy about like they really they started to incorporate like fraggle rock technology and stuff in the that the the rats when they take over the kitchen and they're dancing and they're like you know ice skating on butter across the the griddle and stuff that's all you know they're they're pushing it they're pushing it and then by the caper where in the Muppet movie, we had one frog on a bike. Now we've got the whole damn gang on a caravan of bikes going through Central Park. Those kinds of things where you're like, what the living, how the fuck? Like there's these amazing feats of not, of filmmaking and puppetry. Um, And then like, then they they crash through the window in the caper. Like they just like go fucking buck wild in the caper. So that's probably why that lands in my, in my brain more than because it's just more there's more adventure there's more events taking place in the caper than there are in the movie in um in the muppets take manhattan in fairness now thinking about it as a child it was probably just like it was just too adult probably just too adult and too straightforward for me to be like like i I really dug it because it was muppets but i wasn't i wasn't vibing it wasn't it wasn't getting me like the other ones yeah i'm gonna have to rewatch it just because i haven't done it i mean i it's like all I do is watch children's movies right now, so I'll just put it on the. On the I mean, like I'm like, again, I'm not mad at it. I watched it three or four times in the last couple of days while packing my shit, and I was <laughs> stoked to do it. Max, what you're saying too about like the sexual undercurrents is like really, it's real. You don't, you don't like, you can't miss that. 
You absolutely can't miss that as an adult watching this, maybe then and now. But like even just the subtle moment when he's talking to Jenny in the cafe and they're, it's like their first conversation, he's like, I'm a frog. Yeah. Just you're like straight up, he's flirting. Like he's oh, right. Yeah. Like she, he is flirting. Oh, Let's Piggy should be pissed. Piggy should Piggy be pissed. Yeah, right he's to be angry. trying to get the Mac on immediately. Piggy's jealous rage about Kermit and Jenny's relationship is what propels like, yes. many of the events in the movie, right? Yes. And she, I mean, in the first moments, all right. So <clears throat> in the first moments of the movie, what you see is the Muppet Gang comes out. Kermit's Kermit, you know, Kermit starts singing and they do their number and the whole college loves it, like you said. And then um, Kermit goes out to make a speech and somebody shouts from the crowd, you should go to Broadway, right? Which is what puts the, the notion in their head. And this is interrupted by Animal chasing a co-ed up yes. the aisle of the theater. And he's saying, woman, woman, woman. <laughs> So from the get-go, it's like he's yes. like what, the animal who, of course, is like in a representation of like the id, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, it doesn't get more id than animal. From the first moment, it's like this, 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 this sexual energy. Yes, that's that's what I have. A animal is a Me Too story, just a Bruin. That's my yes. note there. Where I'm like, <laughs> yeah. First, absolutely. For real, I was like, holy fuck, yeah, all of that. I'm a frog. And then um, all the whole thing that happens between Piggy, Piggy's rage over them and then the amazing, the amazing purse snatching, roller skating fight scene in Central Park with Gregory Hines. Kind of like, you gave Jenny the huggies as he's hugging Piggy. Uh, and it's just yeah. like, what the fuck is going on here? Like, this is <laughs> yeah. amazing. Besides the fact that it's Gregory Hines, just like randomly. That whole Central Park sequence, which yes. is just, you know, I mean, well, well, I'm sure we'll spend some more time with in, in a little bit because it contains, you know, the most culturally um, significant portion of the film, right? Right. But um, then later on, actually, you know, just on that note too, with, with at Pete, back at Pete's Diner, Pete's Luncheon, they, Brooke Shields is there, right? And she's trying to order. And Jenny kind of like gets distracted by something she goes away. And one of the rats comes up, rats like Chester comes up and he's like, oh, oh, oh right. He's just like somewhere <laughs> beauty. And he literally asks her, does she believe in interspecies relationships? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a trip, man. They're like, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. And then one of the really another really I mean, when Camilla gets gets choked out by Dabney Coleman. Oh, Lord. Is it is that when it is? And, and Gonzo is giving she needs mouth to beak resuscitation. We're not we're not sure about like the quality of or, you know, the content of Camilla and Gonzo's relationship. Right. We can speculate, but one only knows what goes on in that in that uh, in that world of Gonzo's well, but he's like is she okay and Gonzo's like I, I don't know but I think we're I think engaged we're engaged in his eyelids the way his yeah. eyelids go <laughs> but like when and then like when he's giving her mouth to mouth her whole body like clearly there's a puppet oh, yeah. that's just like lifting her whole body <laughs> up and down oh. that was that was a moment that like really had me having had me like rolling that and of course I couldn't have clocked this as a child but possibly my favorite character is does he uh, am i spacing his name does he have a name jenny's dad the chef peoples is peoples 
Bieber was Pete. Pete. His name's Pete. Pete, Pete from Snyder. Pete. One more time, a fucking Pete. Pete. Snyder. Come on, Pete. I know, I know. Moss Coffee. Um, Pete with Peoples is Peoples is the thing that I have been saying all week long. It is just, it's just the best thing to say for all things. It's potatoes. It's tomatoes. <laughs> people dancing is peoples is peoples is peoples is water boiling peoples is peoples <laughs> <laughs> so that actor is that actor is named lewis zorick right and i was fortunate enough to meet him maybe like 10 years ago because he was married for a long time to olympia dukakis who um uh, just recently died as you all probably know yeah. rest in rest in peace and Olympia, and he had this long relationship and I was just asking about like, what the, you know, what is the secret to this like really long, you know, decades long relationship and, and Olympia is like, the sex, it's just the best sex I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you're like, all right, note oh, to sell. No. She was like, we're having better sex now than ever before. Amazing. You turkey ball? She always had these turkey <laughs> So put that in your hopper as we're talking about, since this discussion about the Muppets taking Manhattan is clearly going to be all about sex, or maybe it won't be. <laughs> oh, no, there's a lot of the catcalling, the catcalling construction oh workers. Oh, oh that's the best part. <laughs> when they're like coming on to Miss Piggy, before she throws the best jealous rage fit that's ever existed in time. Tends the steel, just starts yeah, screaming her, her amazing scream, bashing shit. And then I love how that, the, the one, the lead construction worker that instigated the cat calling just starts like, like just touching a pole, just like trying to do anything <laughs> to like get away from the rage of Miss Piggy. Well, Sasha and I were talking about this before, about how actually Miss Piggy kind of comes into her own in this one. Like she's mm. probably my favorite character in this one, which wouldn't have been true about the first one. But um, her clothes are on point. Uh, as actually, though, her clothes were on point in in Muppets, the Muppet movie. She was like seventies realness, and in this, like, I don't know who's doing her clothes, yeah. but she's amazing. She's, amazing. she's 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 gorgeous. And I uh, I was I was telling Amy like I between watching the Muppet movie while packing, I'm heavily binging RuPaul's Drag Race because somehow. At this point in time, I've only, I'd, until I found it on Paramount streaming, I'd only seen one season. So I have, I'm now up to, I'm almost, in, I think I'm into season five. I am just like, I am in the drag race right now. So I'm like very, this is, this is my whole world is Muppets and drag queens. And I can't understand for the life of me, how a queen has not emerged just copping all of Miss Piggy style and like isn't going by the moniker of like Lady Miss Swine Divine. Like, why does that queen not exist? Am I that queen? Do I need to become that queen? Is that what needs to happen? Because this queen needs to be real. You could be a bio queen. I could. Never before. <laughs> I think that's it. Like, maybe I need to do this. Because those clothes are so, her, her whole everything. Like when she's like uh, that, lurking, I just got some of the construction workers and she's trying to be all incognito and everything. And she's got the, like her collar popped up and the, the trench coat and the fedora. It's very like Ingrid Bergman, very- You know what just occurred to me? Piggy is so fuck, fucking funky, fresh, divine in this movie, especially just like as a character and getting like, Frank Oz is Miss Piggy. Yes. 
So I think I think Miss Piggy just got a little a little favored. She just got a little favored. This was maybe a, a Miss Piggy joint. He was like, I'm just going to push, push, push a little piggy on the world because she really is for me, like the absolute star of this. I know I know Kermit's the hero, but Piggy is the star of this one for me. And um, one of Frank Oz's obsessions in the in the making of Piggy is he would never allow any other puppeteer to put her eyes on without him being present. And that's the key to Piggy. And every every time she changes her expressions and her eyes change, like you are not confused about, about what Miss Piggy is thinking, saying, doing, or even about to do next. Like not like they start to aim inwards. <laughs> like you're like, someone's about to get fucked up. Piggy's coming for blood. She's not playing games. That her eyes in the purse snatching scene when she's roller skating through the park, which I mean, who is the little person that they got to play Miss Piggy and put in those skates? Does anybody know? So I, I watched the credits and I don't, I didn't like get down their names, but there's actually three stunt doubles for Piggy in that scene. And I assume okay. that probably two of them or, or throughout, maybe it's just throughout, but in that scene there are at least two. One of them got, is, the, is the one that's roller skating. And the other one is probably if, if there was a person there, whoever flings themselves off the boulder when she high oz the purse snatcher at the end, you know what I mean? But yeah, no, that shit is nuts in the background. There's like this track, the runners, the joggers jogging in the background. Miss Piggy's just like fucking just determined thing that she's out. She's gonna she's like Apollo Ono, dude. Those fucking yeah. elbows. Then when he finally starts going through the purse, he's pulling out like first of all, like bras and panties and stuff come out of that thing, and not to mention a hair dryer and whatever. And the last thing, of course, that he pulls out, classic, but also you know, is a is like a handsaw, a, a saw. Yeah. A handsaw, right? Which is like, right. What is she gonna do? She is that there because she's gonna like cut up Jenny's body once she, or you know, Quite what's, possibly. what's going on with that? Quite she, possibly. Her, her jealousy and her like, which of course, born by her love for for Carmen, propels it so much that even not to this, but the jump at the end, right? It's the thing that ties it all together. It's the thing that actually brings Kermit back, you know, in the end. After, right after, not after the park scene, but right after that construction scene that you were talking about is the scene that always disturbed me as a child. <laughs> and when I watch it today, it still disturbs me. Although I thought it was a little like, I guess funnier, but it's the scene where, where Piggy goes to her job that she has at the department store and Joan Rivers is there and Joan is like the perfume lady, right? And and Joan Rivers trying to cheer her up because Piggy's like, so, she's so sad. She's because of the fraud. And she's like, oh, you know, the men are a dime a dozen or something like that, whatever. No. And she starts to put makeup on her. So Joan Rivers starts to say, you know, you just need a little rouge. Do you, do you ever wear rouge? And Piggy's like, uh-huh, yes. Right? <laughs> and so, so she puts on this rouge and then they start doing her eyebrows. And then they start doing you know, all this other stuff. And it's this like manic, they go full Diane Ladd, wild at heart, insane yes. balls. Exactly. And it's, 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 you can tell that it's like not scripted. It's just Joan Rivers and Miss Piggy doing this weird improv. And then they end up like Piggy ends up with just makeup all over her and lipstick all over. And they're doing powder puffs and everything like that. And this was always extremely off-putting to me as a child. And I think now with the, but, and I didn't ever, I don't really realize 
real, I didn't really realize why. And I think that now watching it, it struck me that one of the reasons is because I was like, how are you going to get that off, Miss Piggy? She's, she, her, her, ex, her outer layer, right? Her epidermis is like felt or whatever, right? And this, like, this is like eyeliner. Like, it's hard enough for people to get off makeup when we just, you know, just wiping it off, you know? But her, like, she's going to have to either go through the washing machine, maybe. <laughs> Like, there's no way she makes it out clean, right? And so <laughs> on some level, I swear to God, I think it hit me that that it it means, right, that that particular puppet, right. that particular puppet is probably not going to, is not going to be used, is maybe going to be trashed, is maybe like... I don't know, you know, it bugged me because, yeah. because throughout, the, yeah. throughout all of it, you believe that these things somehow through, through you know, it's a total break of this verisimilitude that, that somehow the Muppets are able to maintain that they're like, you know, it's never in your conscious level that, oh yeah, these are multiple puppets, these are, you know, da, 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 da. and I'm just like, man, this Miss Piggy's not coming back from this one. It bugged the shit out of me. I totally get you. I totally get you because I had that. I did. I didn't go that far, but God, I love that you did. Um, but yeah, I had, I had that thought where I was like, that makeup remover is not going to take that off. And, and I, and I did go to that place. Where I was like, Oh, this is the makeup scene piggy. And it does do something weird to your brain because you see them and you're like, they exist. So how can there be another version of them? It's, it doesn't, it, it, it fucks with the synapses in your brain. It fucks with the whole Yes, the whole connection oh. to this is an entity. It's not a puppet. This is this is Piggy. But how can there be how can there be another prop Piggy, makeup Piggy? That's not right. That can't be right. Totally. That scene should not be in the fucking movie. And it play and it does no. It does not advance the plot. It does not. It doesn't do anything except provide, you know, Joan Rivers with some screen time. Yeah, and you're it's right. Fun. It's like when I'm saying that, it's Diane Ladd fucking wild at heart manic energy. Like it, it it's disturbing because you're like, what what happened? How did we take this turn? Yeah. Where, where, where did this like little makeup session become go full, full psychotic breaksville <laughs> and just like <laughs> cross the threshold into terrifying. Because Joan Rivers isn't really doing her Joan Rivers shtick. She starts out this like nice coworker lady who's gonna help Piggy out and then snaps. I'll tell you the other just, the Piggy moment that bothers me is when she um like the Muppet Babies portion after they yes. get you know they make up. Now, disclaimer, I dig the Muppet Babies. They are cute as fuck. I love them. I used to watch that. It was my jam, it's my speed, very cute. I'm all about it. However, for some reason at the end of the Muppet Babies song, she's like in his lap sucking her thumb. And for some reason, it just the whole thing grosses me out. I don't know what it is. It's totally, totally creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally creepy. After you get through, you know, this huge set piece, with, which once again, by the way, has nothing to do with advancing the plot or revealing anything about the character. Like there's no point to that except to be a, big, a super cute song 
mama, tata, boom, boom, chihuahua. Yeah. And like super, super, super cute, but really like no point. And who could fall? And the Muppet Babies sequence in some ways is the reason for the Muppets Take Manhattan, right? And then it goes on, of course, to become this spin-off cartoon that, that ran for like seven or eight years and that we all remember, you know? But you're totally right. It's, yeah, it, and honestly, it's, it's the sequence that I remember the most from the entire film. Um, and the only song really that I retained from that film. Um, cause like as they were coming up and playing, cause like the Muppet movie soundtrack is like firmly embedded in my brain, but not the Muppets take Manhattan until it got to gonna be a movie star. Like then I was like, oh, that's my shit. I know this yeah, one. That's a good yeah. Tune. Gonna let you drive a car. I'm about this, gonna but like, yeah. Mary and two and I'm gonna always, always love you. <laughs> yeah it's it's adorable until that creepy point when you're just like see and that's what's weird about the muppet steak manhattan and that's where it gets you know that's that's where it takes that takes that little turn you know and like, like even not like, only that but as she's sucking her thumb she still has her gloves on <laughs> and i don't know why but that somehow makes it even like oh max i love you that's demanded. the kind of shit i noticed yes yes absolutely Absolutely. And then Rizzo's hitting on that rat waitress. I mean, everything is just like. <laughs> oh yeah. He's fully fucking rolling up on her. Rizzo and like Rizzo too. He's like very adult in that whole, like, you know, I do this job cause I need to make tips to, to feed my family, to take <laughs> care of my family. Like, Jesus, this is so fucking heavy. This is so, so heavy. What the hell? And then, sorry, and then we totally are just jumping around. I hope that's okay. But oh no, like, that's no, that's exactly. Sometimes we go in order. Sometimes <laughs> we just like rah, we just like throw shit at the wall. We just go for it. So when you know Kermit, like a couple of times, he goes in disguise trying to get things like you know trying to get it done. Like first, he's that kind of vaguely Elliot Gould-looking kind of joke of a Hollywood producer that goes in and he sees John Landis, you know, uh, when he's trying to sell the script. Who, yeah, by the funny. way. When I was listening to your, your show on the Muppets, um, the Muppet movie, you guys were talking, of course, about um, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. In that scene where he goes in and tries to pitch to John Landis, the receptionist at the desk is Frances Bergen, who is Edgar Bergen's widow at the time, now past, obviously. Oh, and there's like I a picture of a little that. I don't know if that's supposed to be Candace Bergen or something like that. Anyway, I don't know. But the second time, so then he's like, well, if you can't, he runs into, you know, whatever, whatever problem. He's like, well, if you can't beat him, join him. And so he dresses up, you know, he's trying to grow, he tries to grow the mustache and like, and he goes into Sardi's and he brings the, the all the rats with him. And yes. they're going to start this whisper campaign to like yes. get, get, you know, some juice, some vibes going and some, um, <clears throat> some heat on, for Manhattan melodies. Right. And so the, but, and the rats are all under the table and they're like, oh yeah, you ever heard of that new music that big Hollywood producer over there? And all that. He's got that new musical, Manhattan Melodies. And the rats are dressed as like bandits. They have, they're wearing masks. Rizzo has like a coil of rope 
around him. One of the other ones is wearing, I swear to God, a bandolier full of bullets. And I'm just like, are these guys are here to fucking rock this joint. Like if this doesn't work, they're just gonna take all these like New York theater types hostage. Right. Right. Just, like, make it happen, you know. What yes, I, mean? I yeah, I have I have that note too. I was like, what's the what's the, the backup plan exactly here? Like <laughs> yeah. if whispering doesn't work, we're just fucking we're just taking we're the just place. Gonna abduct a producer and <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love that I get to take a break from impressions this episode as Max is just fucking crushing the game. I'm not even gonna <laughs> can't even try i was can't even the exact same thing oh i was like god. Sasha, you don't have to worry about doing all your impressions. oh my god oh my god yeah no the scene the scene with him in the the, the hilarious hollywood producer outfit with john bafo sacco timeless i tell you bafo sacco timeless like i just love how that's like that's just like a, a pot shot at jim henson as well like the whole thing all the versions of kermit i think are different versions of jim henson, jim henson. and like yeah and like I did read something where like it was incredibly cathartic for Jim Henson to have that scene at the beginning where he's like, why can't you all just take care of yourselves? Because he really was just so in charge of so much, which is how Frank Oz ended up being basically taking over the Muppets Take Manhattan because he I think he was just coming off Dark Crystal and he was just like, he's like, I'm into it, but not like that, yo. So can you just like, Frankie boy, do this Mm -hmm. one. I just want to I just want to be an employee for a bit. And that scene in particular for him to just be able to wild out and have a meltdown because that wasn't in his character himself was extremely satisfying for him to finally be able to be like, fuck off, just like, like you do it. Right. What should, do we do? It. <laughs> what should we do? Everybody's counting on you. Everybody's counting on you. It's like the guy has the weight of the world on his shoulders. Yeah. Somebody yeah. else just do something for once. <laughs> oh man and so so when he gets hit hit by the car and i mean i feel like even though we do see kermit's body twitching in the fucking street they try to make up for it real quick like when we do see him in the hospital they very quickly say how's my amnesia patient doing so mm. it's not like like if you are a kid watching it you know like oh my god like is kermit like actually like fucked up and dead they, they give it something not like a child would actually know what amnesia is but like Oh God! What's the oh, actress's like name? Amnesia was like totally in the zeitgeist at the time. Oh right? yeah, I think they used as it. Much, they used it all, all the, the time, time in right? the '80s. Like it was like the thing on every cheesy soap opera. Like so, you know, someone like fell off a boat and got amnesia overboard. You know, amnesia was just like the most hilarious thing you could possibly have. <laughs> amnesia was in. Yeah, amnesia was in. <laughs> it was and totally um, the actress who plays Alice that long running yeah yes yes and she's the doctor and she comes in and does all that those those series of ridiculous tests on him to prove that he he has amnesia the name enrico tortellini i don't know how i'm going to find a way to incorporate that in my life (laughs) i don't think i'm ever going to put in a reservation that isn't under the name Enrico Tortellini. like that's it that's it that's all i would have loved however because the storyline the idea that because that's the other thing too like they go back and forth between being acknowledged as animals and then not Mm -hmm. it keeps flipping back and forth right and in this one he's acknowledged as a frog but maybe was at a human nudist colony (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. And you're like, if you follow that logic path, not the frog human thing, right? But she, she's like, she thinks she's got it all figured out because she's like made some calls. She's like, you are, you know, Enrico Tortellini of Prosaic, New Jersey. And, he, and he's like, well, I don't feel Italian. And she's like, well, it was worth a shot, right? But that means that in the, in the multiverse of like the Muppets, that there is some poor naked man named Enrico yes. Tortellini who has disappeared from a nudist colony yes. somewhere in the vicinity of Passaic, New Jersey. Yes. And dark shit, man. Yes, and I really, really <laughs> wanted naked ass Enrico Tortellini to show up at some point. You know? Maybe at the wedding. Maybe at the wedding. Maybe at the wedding. Just wander in. Like, am I supposed to be that here? That would have been the time, hell. Maybe he's the priest. We don't know. <laughs> yeah, but that would have been, yeah, if at some point Enrico Tortellini showed up, that would have been like, now it all, it's all been tied together. But yes, that idea that there's a naked man wandering the streets of New York who has got amnesia and is missing. What yeah, the fuck? Whatever, you know, yeah, except for that, toss that out. That's fine. I love, I love the like, the ad execs that he falls in with. With you know, uh, Phil, Philip, and they are just like the most dry ass, boring ass frogs that ever, ever. Phil, Phil, Gill, and Jill. and Bill, Jill, 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 oh, Bill, Bill, right? Bill, Gill, oh, yeah. Jill, they're, yeah. They're, they're like, hi, Phil, I'm Bill. I, and this is Gill. Bill. Oh, yeah. And this is Jill, Jill, Gill, you, you know Bill and Gill, I'm Jill, yes. Hi, like, Bill, I'm Jill, you already know Gill and Bill. I'm not even trying. That shit somehow was my favorite, almost, that stuck, I don't know, that seemed, you know, sticks with you forever, just the way that they're, and in that, right, so he goes, comes looking for a job, and then, because he's forgotten who he is, as we've established, and we haven't talked at all, by the way, about the whole, about, okay, say, by this point in the movie, the show is on, okay, and Pete has written, the show is on, but Kermit has disappeared. And they have to open in two weeks because the producer, this kid's kid, who's played by, by Lonnie Price, he, his father has agreed to help him like produce the show, but it's gotta open in two weeks. They're gonna have the sex and costumes and everything, it's gotta happen in two weeks. Why? Because that's just the way it is in Muppet Land, right? That's all right. Uh, but now Kermit is missing. And so Pete has written to, you know, dear, or is dear dogs and chickens and things, right? Is New York, is play, is time. And this gathers the whole team back together, which we haven't even, oh, Jesus, we haven't even scratched the surface of like scooters in Ohio with Lou Zealand and the Swedish chef working at a movie theater in Cleveland, pretending like life is okay. Gonzo's right. off doing his like chicken, uh, uh, you know, evil Knievel bit on the water with, you know, anyway, all this, Fozzie's trying to hibernate. Anyway, they're all coming back. And Bill and Jill and, and Gil, they hire Kermit to join their ad agency because they can't come up, you know, obviously they're incompetent ad, ad execs and like that. And he comes up with the, uh, um, they're trying to do this soap. They're like, ocean breeze soap. It will make you clean. Something like this, right? They all think it's brilliant. Sales go through the roof. And right <laughs> before they cut to like 
the 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 team you know the the team getting back together and realizing that Kermit is not there. Jill says, one of them, Bill or Gill, says to Kermit, "Well, you know, we could always use a frog with horse sense because Kermit, you know, needs a job." And Jill says, mm, "You are with us now," and I was like, "Holy shit, that shit is creepy." Yep. But once again. It fits in because the whole thing is, right, you got to get the gang, the family together. And so the world is upended if Kermit is now with this other group of frogs, you know, where he doesn't, where he doesn't belong. Um, and I just thought, oh, what a, what a, what a, like, what an upfront way of stating what the problem is in the last, you know, 10 minute, 10 minutes of the movie. And then, of course, they just happen to go to lunch at the same fucking diner that we've right. Of course, <laughs> of course, <Yeah. laughs> of course. Yeah, the Muppets are all there, and they're like, "Oh, Kermit." I'm really bothered by the fact because, of course, I always notice food things oh, in a yeah. movie. I'm really bothered by the fact that they're sitting at a dirty table. Ah, like there's already food on this. They haven't ordered, but there's some kind of food thing on the table already, and it, I'm very upset about it. Did well, the, the rat snatting yeah. with rats in the kitchen? like sitting in coffee that always grossed me out and they're you know it's cute and everything and he's roller skating with butter and stuff and it's fine but for some reason the second they're like in the coffee that was the one where i'm like oh fuck because i guess oh Oh, there's the dog yeah sorry my dog just was pawing at the door so i had to let her in she wants to get how old is that dog now i feel like you've had her forever She's like 11 years old or something. Wow. I know, but you don't look it. No, you don't look it at all. What a cutie pie. Where's yours, Sasha? He's right here. He's crashed out. You want to wake up and say hi for a second? Say what's up. (laughs) Oh, they're so cute. Hello. (laughs) What's up? He's squeaky. He's like, put me back. I'm fucking asleep. We all like... Amy, I almost feel like you and I don't need to be here today. Like, <laughs> like Max is just running shit in a way that is so fucking fantastic. This is the best. It's been a long quarantine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got a lot of pent up shit to say. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. One of the part that we passed over completely was the very beginning with Dabney Coleman, which I think he does mm. the best in his interaction with Muppets of like anyone ever. Like he's really good at working with Muppets. He's talking about how it's gonna take place and it's singing and dancing and he says something about shootings. And then at one point he says, oh, nobody cares about shootings. Do you know what I'm talking yeah, he, about? He, yeah, he asks if there's shootings and he's like, they're shooting in the script. And they're like, no, no shooting. Oh, no one cares about shooting. Cause he's just such a shyster. Who's like, what, whatever they say. You know, it's gonna be, it's gonna be it. I just love it. He's like, yeah, no, we're gonna sign up the contracts, and all I need is three hundred dollars a piece. They're like, it's gonna be about real life in New York, right? And he's like, so like yeah. robberies and shootings and police and stuff like that. They're like, no, singing and dancing and weddings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of love for Debney Coleman, and I don't know what happened to him. I mean, I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's sitting somewhere having a margarita, and everything's is he, cool. Is he alive? I think so. I mean, that, that doesn't mean that he's not sitting somewhere having a margarita, but yeah, I think let's let's find out. Let us ask. Let us ask the great. I, I think that I would have been notified if he passed away. I feel like they would have told me. One would hope. Nope, he's still with us. He is still with us. He is eighty-nine years old, but he is still with us. Nice. Yay, Daphne.
that doesn't seem like old enough. How old is there? Like, like, I expect yeah. him to be like 117. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> he was like, he was, is he like another always old? Like, oh, you know. Yeah. Then, then there's, okay, so they managed to like bag a producer similar to the Muppet movie, right? Like the whole point is get them back together, right? So he gets the producer to come back together, tidy, tidy. You know, the show, the show becomes like secondary, obviously, because it's just about together again, as, as, as Max has pointed out. The wedding, the wedding though, is so, is so hilarious and so over the top and really kind of fucked with me because I know that like it was I know it was their point to do this but like were Piggy and Kermit actually married have they always been married have they been married since 1984 that's is that canon now yeah totally I don't know yeah dude they're married I I mean because that changes the whole dynamic of their interactions from every fuck everything I've ever seen between them since I will, I will view their, their interactions very differently. It never occurred to me that they've been married since 1984. Cause I thought I that think was- they were because, because, and all, and because Piggy basically like tricks him at the altar, right? Like she puts him in- But like, untapable. but was it real or was it part of the show? Are they actually married? I'm going to go with they're actually oh, married. Oh, interesting. So like maybe Kermit- Oh. Just acting? Yes. But he says, I thought that somebody raw or Gonzo was going to yeah. play. And then she's like, she's like oh. <laughs> yeah, so you think so you think that he that's a real that's a real priest and that they really got married. But then they're in a show. Right. This is supposed to be like taking place on stage, even though the way this is set up, they couldn't. Where is the audience sitting? Um, you know, like, it's all very it gets real weird there. It gets real fucking weird. I'm like, Can I tell you, I absolutely have always been really moved when the babies and the old people sing. I don't remember. They're like, so scary to me. I know they're spooky, got, looking, but there's the babies go. Days go passing into years, and then the old people go, Years go passing day by day. It's totally poignant. You're absolutely right. I love like, whole, like actually, the, the musically, that whole thing works, you know. And before that, Redding, Redding, Big and Froggy, Redding, you know, I mean, it's just so good. It's just so good. Somebody get a whatever, somebody get a ring. That whole sequence is is pretty outstanding. I share a love so big, I now pronounce you frog and pig. This is the greatest morning of my life and I don't know how long. I feel like Max, like if you don't know what to do next is you should just do the whole script by yourself into a microphone. One man production. One man production. Oh my Lord. Maybe Sasha, you and me do it it together because my Janice is not so good. Okay. I think, I think my Janice is the, my Janice and my Gonzo are my only solid Muppet. You are fucking crushing Kermit. I do not have a Kermit <laughs> under my belt. You are murdering Kermit. So good. Where he doesn't talk like Kermit anymore. <laughs> it's like that weird cadence that he gets. And it happens as soon as he wakes up from the amnesia, they're like, you know, are you, 
know what it, yeah i don't really feel like myself you know he says and like yeah i don't know the regular kermit voice is very difficult and that's you know i appreciate kermit but just a moment of just to like pour one out for the homie when jim henson was taken so ridiculously young by virtue of that pneumonia which you're just like ah, oh, what the fuck what was that about you know um that ever since then, you know, as his son, and I think maybe even others have sort of taken over the voice, you know, it just, it's just never quite been the same, mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. like, you know, you can't, he was such a like, so specific and was just the embodiment of Kermit, as you were saying earlier, Sasha, is like his, you know, his, uh, I don't know, his, his, his alter ego, right? Yeah. His alter yeah. ego, totally. And, no, you're anyway. absolutely right. Yeah. The straight up Kermit voice, I think, is difficult. It's really tricky. You know who else is really hard? Fozzie. Fozzie is really hard to do. He's like nasal and back of the throat at the same time. Like it's very hard to get a Fozzie voice. There's not enough Fozzie in this one that but he's he's kind of except for that fucking play. hilarious moment in the cave where he's like, I I can't sleep. And then that lady bear's like, maybe if we cuddle. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I had, I watched it. I thought it was great. I did not think of like the sex element at all. So I'm very quiet because you guys just fucking <laughs> ruined this movie for me. I don't know if I can let my kid fucking watch it. Thanks a lot. I mean, <laughs> cool. Like I still dig it and I'm going to watch it, but maybe I'll wait until he's eight before I let him watch it. You might want to get it in before he's before he has any awareness whatsoever. Yeah, they'll let it go all over his head. Let it just be like just the well, moment doing stuff. Yeah, in his mid forties, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. His early forties. So, can I say another very poignant song though is the saying goodbye song that was heartbreaking, and yeah. I don't remember the lines. I didn't write them down, and I don't have a fucking. Memory also, you can't too. find this. You can't find the soundtrack. Is that poop on your hands? No. Why do you have to have <laughs> edit that? You bitch. It's ink. I'm embarrassed. It is ink. I don't need this from anyone. I am a mother now. <laughs> you can't find the soundtrack for the Muppets Take Manhattan. Like it doesn't exist streaming anywhere. Cause I was trying to get it. I was trying to get it, but look here, let's look at saying goodbye. We're going to look up the lyrics right, real quick. Um, because yeah, that, that's, that was the one song that really, I was like, Oh God. Yeah. That was, that, that was uh, the closest we got to the Gonzo song, you know, from the Muppet movie, which is just like, yeah. I'm, that still, I'm still not okay from the, from the Gonzo song yeah. in, in the Muppet movie, like revisiting that on like a deeper level, that song. Have you listened to that song recently, Max? You really, oh. No, I Fuck. haven't, I will, but it's, uh, and that's, that's what, that, you know, the Muppets are really good. Yes, they're funny, but like when they really, it's when they get you with these gut punches, you know? Yeah, don't want to leave, but we both know sometimes it's better to go. Somehow I know we'll meet again. Not sure quite where, and I just don't, and I, and I, and I don't, don't know, know just when. when. Yes. That's, right. yeah. That's like you and me, Max. We just uh, keep running um, into each other in crazy places. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly that. Exactly that. I'll see you around yes. the corner at a museum, friend. I'll see it somewhere getting some soup. And then I'll be in your wedding. Yeah. Like a Muppet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? In a theater, you had a Muppet wedding. Yeah, totally. Actually, you're totally right. Totally did. That's what, that's what happened. Oh, 
Holy fuck! <laughs> I mean, there were no actual Muppets, but Sasha's right. That at my wedding, it was like supposed to be outside underneath this big, gorgeous tree. But then a hurricane came, and so we had to move it inside to the the uh, stage of the theater where I was working. And all the friends, that's you, God damn it, you're right, Sasha. Like all these friends from all these bears and chickens and dogs and things, they came and were there with us. Yes, is wedding, uh, is time. <laughs> <laughs> and there we were and all your theater friends came together and made a set and in under two weeks time, the production was on. There it was, you had a Muppet wedding. The Muppets take Manhattan really did shape your life. There you go. There you fucking go. Oh my god. All right. I feel like we've we've covered a lot here. So anybody want to go backwards and hit moments that we may have missed? You know, the only last thing that I would that I would maybe touch is like you know my wife uh, that reminded me that I'm married. What you were just saying, Sasha. My wife was saying she was like reading a Reddit thread the other day. And it was about, I guess the thread of the Reddit was um, like, what's it like to really live in New York, right? And somebody in this Reddit thread had posed the question, like, what was New York like in the 80s? Was it like the Muppets take Manhattan? (laughs) And then she made the comment that when they first get there, they're like at Port Authority bus terminal and they start living in the lockers is, you know, one of the first events of the movie. And then (laughs) Christy was like, Oh yeah, that's kind of what it's like to move to New York, actually. Like, you know, you're just <laughs> living in a tiny, tiny space, like living in a lager in Port Authority bus terminal. I yeah. always and, remembered that. And I love when they, all- they get there when they just come off, they're like, wow. And they're like, ooh, and ah. And all it is is like the dirty terminal with like people walking around. There, there is a couple like <laughs> jokes like that in this movie where it's like for the adults. And then I, did I say how much I so fucking hate New York? Did I say that yet? <laughs> like, did we mention uh, <laughs> someone who lived there for what five years? Yeah, fuck New York. We might lose a lot of people with that, but I think there's a lot of people we may gain. Um, oh, no, I, I'm, like, I mean, I guess, how do you feel about like, would you ever live in New York again, Max? But probably not. I mean, something very drastic would probably have to happen because living in New York now, I mean, even the, even living in New York now is not living in New York, right? Living in New York is probably living in Patterson, New Jersey, or, you know, right. way well out somewhere. Although, you know, there was this huge exodus when the pandemic happened. And, you know, and so I don't know, it'd be interesting to see what, like, what happens, what happens in New York, people kept their places or whatever. Here, I need to qualify. I think that that New York is like Disneyland for adults. I love New York. I just would never want to live there again. And I care about New York. I care about all the people there. It's just like, it's not my speed. I'm either too old or just not hip enough or just tired. I'm just too tired. I feel like I have felt that way about New York since I was 20. I always felt like I was too old, too tired and not hip enough to live in New York. (laughs) Like every time I went there, I don't think I've ever, I've been, the longest I've ever been in New York was a week and it felt like a month. It's never, it just ground me down. Every time I went there, I was like, I am fucking exhausted and filthy and that that when they're like you can't take no for an answer and they're going and you just see their feet going i'm like fuck yeah man that is that looks exactly what like living in new york is you just keep fucking grinding and then go back to your tiny shithole locker 
and hope you don't get robbed on the way. Fuck this, dude. <laughs> like, well, I'll say New York is a, I thought it was a very fun place to spend your 20s, but like definitely, unless you've got a bunch of cash, there's no, you know, you're living with multiple other people. I was living with, you know, it's my girlfriend that I'm now married to now and another friend and his girl, you know, we're all living together and all that kind of stuff. And after a while, it's just like, oh, I can't, uh, you know, it can't be done. It can't be done. But, you know, if, if, if we had all been able to like buy places probably in 1984 when this movie is taking place, you know, we'd be, we'd be all set. We'd be whatever. Is, wait, is that, is that the apartment you were living with where you had the giant Rasta squirrel living in the wall? That was one of the many. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's true. Saying. What are you talking about? He had a fucking like like a toddler sized Rasta squirrel come out of his wall. Yeah. When I first moved to New York, I was living in this neighborhood called East Williamsburg, right? You guys know East Williamsburg out in Brooklyn. And uh, and I heard this like scurrying across the across the ceiling. And then behind the wall, I heard this thump. And then I thought, oh, that's bad news. I'm gonna just pretend like it never happened. And then so then I started hearing this like scratching at the wall and then I a couple of days later I said well now I'm really pretending like it's not gonna happen like nothing happened because what am I supposed to do take a hammer and bust through like I just signed this lease and uh I went out one day and I came back from rehearsal and there was a hole busted through the wall with the hugest Brooklyn squirrel that you've ever seen sitting in my living room like eating Doritos. Like wasn't eating he just Doritos. like fucking posted up watching like HBO? <laughs> Did you get milk? Like I took me like two days to get the damn thing out of the house. You like I didn't want to kill it. I like went down to you know to try to find some humane traps. They didn't exist. Finally, I chased it off with a broom. Anyway, that's New York for you, kids. That was like the first two weeks of living there. It was only downhill. From, no, no, it was, it was good. I don't know how you could have lived in New York with your fear of roaches. Well, how do I live in New Orleans with that fear? I've largely gotten over it. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just have to like confront these things and just, and just be like enough's enough. You know what I mean? Which is great, <laughs> I guess. But, you know, but, you know, I used to have a terror of roaches. And now I'm like, Ugh, whatever, get out. Can I tell you both <laughs> that I don't remember the last time seeing a cockroach. Because they're just Good. like here. They're just yeah. like. However, when you're driving down the street, you might run into a family of billy goats. I would take so billy goats over things. roaches any fucking day. <laughs> if I found if I found a family of billy goats in my house, I'd be way cool with it over a family of roaches. Like that's chill. <laughs> like that's. I don't fine. think I've ever even seen a so, billy goat in anything except a cartoon until I. Oh moved my there. god. Anyway, you know, here the roaches can flock. They're about two yeah. inches long and stuff. Seven forty-seven. Like oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah the it's Creole tasty. food is good, so you know, <laughs> right? Yes, straight off. The food is really tasty. Yeah. I don't know. Saying goodbye is also the. Um, I thought this was cute because I never listened to it through the end. I don't think it. Saying goodbye is also the credits song, right? Oh. In in this sort of right mm -hmm. after they finish, after they finish the musical and Piggy and and Kermit are married and they kiss on the lips actually, uh, which is pretty saucy. And then like, it says the end. And then as they're rolling the credits, the music kind of turns over and then they play saying goodbye again. And then at the very, very end, 
oh, you, you just hear Animal, who also kind of like started this whole thing, right? Where he's like, Raman, Raman. And he's going, bye-bye, bye-bye, bye. Hasta luego, he says. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, bye. Oh. Well, Max, please, God, come back again. Oh my God, this was an incredible amount of fun. I can't my even. fucking face hurts. I really feel like I didn't even do anything this morning, but sit here and laugh my ass off. Oh, <laughs> no. Me too. This is, uh, this is my favorite me episode too, now. Seriously, I, have, I had a great time. It's so unbelievable to say, I know people are listening to this, but like we're recording this on Zoom. So we get to see each other and it's just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant to see your faces. So I miss you so much. Like, Let's do do it again because I, we need to spend more time. I want you to come time. back. I already just like you're so. I want you to come back for the Dark Crystal, and then I would uh, like you I, to. I would like you to come back. I don't know how we're going to organize this, but there's like I want to invite everyone that's been on the show because Amy and I have this long-standing debate about ranking the Neverending Story, mm. Legend, Labyrinth, and Willow mm. in order. And it's a fight and it's like anyone that we we bring it up to like it gets it gets tense yeah and i get really Gosh, weirded I really out by like anyone willow. trying to say fucking willow isn't at the bottom <laughs> of that list she don't like willow i like willow i like willow but it is at the bottom of the list is definitely not better than I any think, of those other flicks i think you need to re-watch labyrinth and despite like the cool ass song by david bowie like there's not much in that you cannot say that labyrinth is that Willow is better than Labyrinth. Willow's better than Labyrinth. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, anyway. Right. So, <laughs> I said what I said. So we, we, we always end Max on a transatlantic flight to visit Amy in Wales. What are you going to watch? The Muppets Take Manhattan, The Manhattan Project, or anything with Liam Neeson? Oh. Anything with Liam Neeson, like not that movie you made with Seth Rogen, the Western. Not that. <laughs> that could be your. But I would watch like Schindler's List probably before I watch. Oh. Manhattan Ooh. Project. Um, I'm watching Manhattan on that flight. I'm watching. I'm watching the Muppets. Yeah, right. You vibing up, vibing yeah. up. It's kind of. It's like an eight-hour flight, so I can watch yeah. a bunch of movies. I'll watch Labyrinth, Legend, Willow. <laughs> And I'll have an opinion by the time I land. <laughs> Max kind of threw a, 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 a curveball to that because Liam Neeson has done good movies. Oh, yeah, he's done plenty of good movies. Many. That's true. Yeah. I kind of was like shitting on Liam Neeson by basically only referring to the like, I, I have a set of special yeah. skills movies. Yeah, but like, yeah. All right, Sasha, you. All right, is it me? Okay, hold up. Um, all right. Oh, no, you have to choose your movie. Oh, oh, I thought we were just going to let Max take this one. <laughs> I thought we were going to let Max take this one. Yeah, no, so I would definitely watch The Muppets Take Manhattan. Uh, that's that's what I. That's what I, that's what I would do. Because vibing up, coming to, coming to visit you. All right, sorry about that. Together right. again. <laughs>
for coming in today and brightening my morning with your amazing impressions and warming our hearts with fond memories. Am I going too far now? No. You're looking at me funny. Never. Stop. All right. Never. If you liked what you've heard, please head over to iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Eating After Midnight Podcast and send us a DM with any comments, questions, complaints, or requests for future reviews. We'd love to hear from you. For now, there's so much more to say, but it would be foolish to try. It's time for saying goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Hasta luego. <laughs> <laughs>